Welcome to Lowering the Rim. You go to the hole. It's done. We tell them about practice, man. <laughs> Welcome back. Lowering the Rim, we're here. Another episode. Myself, Drew, and we have Ian on the other line, and he is ready to tell us all about the latest and greatest happenings in the NBA. Ian, how are you? Drew, it is great to be back. Uh, We have been on a hiatus for multiple weeks now. (laughs) We started our All-Star break a little earlier than All-Star break, and we extended a little longer than All-Star break, okay? And that is because... We are the casualest of the casualest fans here. But we are going to lower the rim for everyone, give you some hot normie takes, just run-of-the-mill, you know, water cooler, casual fan NBA talk. So here's our list tonight. This is what I got for you, Drew. Coming hot off of All-Star break, which was actually like a week ago. Um, (laughs) So we got about 20 games left in the season. So we're going to do what to expect in the final – 20 games of the season. So we're kind of at the three quarters mark uh, with 20 games left. And then we got biggest X factors heading into the playoffs. So what do we got going on there? And then playoff predictions. And finally, my favorite, uh, what is my fix for the NBA? How to make the NBA actually better? So we're going to zoom out macro and talk about that. So what do you think, Drew? You have anything else you want to hit tonight on lowering the rim? Interesting. I might have one sleeper topic, but we'll see if we have time for it. Why don't you go ahead with the first one? Okay. So what to expect in the final 20 games of the season? All right. In the Eastern Conference, we've got a super tight race here. So from the number one seat, we're taping this on March 1st at around a little after 7 p.m. Eastern. So we haven't hit all the games for Tuesday night. But as of right now, Miami is number one. And from Miami all the way down to the sixth seed, it's only five and a half games different. And then from uh, the sixth seed down to the 10th seed, you're looking at about five games uh, difference there or six games difference. Sorry. So a lot can happen uh, between now and the end of the season. I'm really curious to see who gets the number one seed here because Brooklyn is kind of hovering around uh, the play-in tournament. And uh, we could talk about that because there, there are some big trades that happened, uh, you know, before all-star break, but whoever gets the one seed or the two seed uh, may end up getting uh, Brooklyn, which just seems like a disastrous Good job. Well done. You got a top ranked seed. Now you get to play the Nets in the playoffs. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. I didn't realize that. It sounds like you aren't earning much by getting the one seed. Yeah. And that's so right. Okay. Right that's now, just, on the heels of Kyrie possibly being able to play home games as well. Right. Yeah. They're getting closer. Um, he can't quite play yet, but New York seems to keep lifting their mandates. In fact, I saw somebody say that he could. Uh, buy a fan ticket and actually just sit courtside if he wanted, even though he can't play. So they'll probably buy playoffs. That'll be over with. So oh, I, to your... I, 
I am I am prepared to make a bold prediction. By playoff time, Kyrie will be able to play every single home game. And so as the one seed, you're getting Kyrie, KD, and Ben Simmons. <laughs> yeah. Well, Possibly and not just that. The I mean, they picked up Seth Curry too, which is a big pickup. Mm. I mean, Seth Curry is a great player. And they got <laughs> Goran Dragic. Did you hear about that? I did. So, so the Seth Curry, he basically kind of – that seems like he replaces um, – what's his name, Harris? Yeah, Joe Harris. Yeah, he replaces Joe Harris nicely. And then the, when I saw that they got Goran Dragic, I just thought – my first thought was, do the Nets just get everybody? I mean, they've gotten every free agent that yeah, they let's wanted. Go, well, and not just free agent, like former – starter all-star fringe all-star level yeah guys. they would I mean, have they like got the best 2014 olympic team that's yeah. all the players they got is the exactly. 2014 olympic team yeah i mean but i'm just like wow blake griffin lamarcus aldridge paul Millsap, deandre jordan although he was horrible but he used to be awesome but they uh, the fact that they just get whoever they want yeah 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 they are now Drogic. They had someone else, too. Uh, Patty Mills. Yeah, Patty Mills. KD, Kyrie, James Harden. He used to be there. He's no longer there. <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of unbelievable to me. I honestly thought that um, Drogic would go to, I don't know, I was thinking like the Bucks or maybe return to the Heat, but yeah, I was not expecting the Nets. Okay, real quick, let's run through the East teams here. So Miami is number one. Chicago is number two, two games back from Miami. Philadelphia is number three, one game back from Chicago, which we need to talk about Philadelphia because they picked up a little somebody as well, who, by the way, all of a sudden looks 15 pounds lighter and his hamstrings look like they're the 2012 hamstrings on the OKC Thunder. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks are number four, a game behind the 76ers. Cleveland, which is an awesome league pass team this year, uh, they're only a half game back behind the Bucks in number five. The Celtics have been on a tear lately, and they're only a game back from the Cavs. And then Toronto is number seven, um, a game and a half back from the Celtics. And the Nets are eight, Hawks are nine, and Hornets are ten. Um, so... I think the Nets are for sure going to make it in the playoffs. And I think if they pull it all together, they're going to be really tough to beat. Um, Miami, I think, is the biggest sleeper team because I think they're one of the most versatile teams. They could play any one of these teams in the East and probably play them really well once they get everything together. I heard they Uh, possibly might have Oladipo back as well. Yeah, yeah. And who knows? I mean, I honestly, like if he gave them something, that would be great. But I think they're good enough. If Bam and Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry and Tyler Hero and then all those just role player hustle guys, PJ Tucker, I mean, he's mm-hmm. a playoff gamer. Like I would not want to see that team. And then the Chicago Bulls are awesome too. DeMar DeRozan has having like an MVP season, king of the mid range. And they're, uh, defense when Caruso and Lonzo ball are out there together is just pretty impressive. 
Um, I don't think they're going to do anything in the playoffs. I think the teams that beat are going to be Miami, Philly, Milwaukee, and Brooklyn. I think those are the, are, those are the yeah, four now, teams. Are Caruso and Ball back? I thought they were both injured. No, they're they both back out. Now? They're both out, but I'm talking yeah. playoff time playoff time and that's why okay that's why there could be some movement still i think you know chicago may drop back philadelphia i could see actually moving up i could see philadelphia grabbing i mean at least the way that joel and harden played have been playing the couple of games i've watched um they could move up to that one spot even i think um because they're going and, to draw, they're going the to Nets, draw literally seventy-five free throws a game. Because <laughs> uh, I guess the NBA forgot about that whole rule that they implemented at the beginning <laughs> of the year. Uh, they're just like, you know, yeah, you know what, Harden, you go ahead and draw the contact, and we'll give you the foul. He loses the weight, he gets the foul calls. Yeah. I now, so. realistically, for the playoffs, wouldn't you say? I mean, actual contenders in the East would be. Heat, Bucks, Sixers, Nets. That's yeah. probably about it, it, right? I mean, yeah. the Bulls would have possibly been good uh, there if they didn't have the injury problems because they're miss. Aren't they? They're missing Levine, Caruso, and Ball, right? No, Levine is back. Oh, Levine is back. Okay. Yeah, Levine's still back. two starters out. I just yeah, I don't, I don't think that's real. And. Those guys, they don't really have anyone who has, like, playoff resume. Well, I guess you could say DeRozan has a playoff resume, but it's basically him getting crushed in Toronto mm-hmm. every year by LeBron. So, I, I just – I don't – you know, the playoffs are so different. And Although I, this year I don't trust said, the Bulls. I mean, he looks better than LeBron this year. Well, yeah, but. that's for sure. That's for <laughs> sure. But I just don't think – I now, think – if I had to put money on who's coming out of the East, I would put my money on either Miami or Milwaukee. I like Philadelphia, but Doc Rivers has too many 3-1 blown leads. He actually has the most ever by any NBA coach. I don't trust Harden in the playoffs. He's, coll- he's had many playoff collapses. And Embiid, who knows if he holds up through the playoff run. But here's what I would say. Brooklyn has the highest upside. I think Brooklyn, talent-wise, if they can thread the needle with all these guys and get something going, I think they have the talent to actually be the best, you know, in the, in the East by far. And by the way, Andre Drummond looks really good for the Nets. They picked him up, too. Another one of those like fringe all star. I, I knew there was someone else that like if it was 2014, it's like incredible that they had this guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, anyways, that's that's the East. Any other thoughts on the East? Uh, I like your prediction. The Bucks. I mean, they are the returning champions. So, and they're still deep as ever. So I yeah I don't I would. I would side with the Nets, but they have so much injury uh, history that it's just who knows if they can hold up. So yeah, I would. I'm with you with the Bucks coming out of the East. Yeah, we will see. I think the East playoffs are going to be one of the most fun to watch because I think all all those series should be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it'll be that'll be good. So then we move to the West, and the Suns are sitting comfortably at the one seed. 
I don't think anyone's going to challenge that. I mean, Chris Paul is out right now for like six to eight weeks with a hand injury, which is mildly concerning because I don't think they go very far without him in the playoffs. So he has to be back by the playoffs, but I, I highly doubt they're going to lose that one seed mainly because golden state is, they've been kind of, you know, struggling ever since Draymond's been out. They've looked pretty bad, huh? Yeah. Yeah. They they've looked pretty bad lately. And so who knows? I think so. They're number two, and Memphis is right behind, just a game back at number three. Golden State and Memphis, I think they could flip flop potentially. It just it really depends on when does Draymond come back, and how many wins can they pull together between now and then. But the Grizzlies look awesome. I don't know if you saw the highlights last night of Ja Morant's fifty-two point game, but dude is unbelievable. To me, like watching him is like watching if you took Allen Iverson and Derrick Rose and had a baby, it would be John. <laughs> and I mean, Derrick Rose before he had injury problems. Yeah, yeah, I got it. The the leaper Derrick Rose. Yeah. yeah, I mean he's he's just unbelievable watching him. So I think I think that could be the two or the three depends on which way you go there. Um, Utah is number four, and they're two and a half games back. The Mavericks are number five at 13. I actually could see the Mavericks moving up and taking the four spot from the Jazz because they are they seem to be really um, pulling it together. Their defense is, like, way better um, as of late. So, uh, yeah, and I don't know if you saw the other night. They put the clamps on the Warriors. They had a came back from a 19-point deficit in the fourth quarter. I think they held the Warriors to eight points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it's crazy. I want to say the Warriors didn't score between like the nine thirty mark and right under the three minute mark. They just yeah, did not pretty, score. Pretty bad. And then Din they picked up Dinwiddie, and I think didn't he have like twenty? Yeah, twenty four points in that game or something. So yeah, it seems like maybe a good that's an, a solid addition. Yeah, yeah, seems like a good pickup. <laughs> And then Denver, so they're the sixth seed. I think they'll probably stay there. I mean, unless the Jazz just have a total free fall, I think Denver will probably end up being the sixth seed and maybe the Jazz and Mavericks flip-flop. So that would end up putting uh, – the Jazz and Mavericks would play each other either way. Um, Denver would probably play the Grizzlies or the Warriors. Which and this kind of goes, this kind of dovetails into X factors for the playoffs. Is some reports are coming out that maybe uh, Michael Porter Jr. and uh, Jamal Murray might be back by the playoffs. Which, if again, if they can come back and kind of just pick back up as somewhat of their normal self, I mean, Denver Nuggets become really. potentially really dangerous because Jokic is just unbelievable. So if you add like that, those two talents back into the mix, uh, plus all the guys who have gotten confidence and reps while they've been out, I think it could, it could be really good for Denver. That Denver Memphis series would be great. Now, do you think that those two guys would actually be themselves though, just because they've been out for so long? 
That's where well, I, that's I think, the, I think that's the, the key. idea of them coming back is different than what you actually are going to get on the court. Yeah, I think that's the key. It's like, when do they come back? Do they come back with 10 games to go in the season? And can they get the reps in to be able to move into, like, full-on playoff basketball? But even if they come back, like, 85%, kind of like how Clay Thompson came back for the Warriors, which is pretty impressive, like – yeah, he has some games where he looks rusty, and then he other other games where it's like, oh, my gosh, he just hit five threes in a row, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if if Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. could do that in a playoff series. I mean, they, they could swing a couple of games. Yeah, you what know? you're saying is, regardless, it would probably be better to give them minutes versus the ninth and tenth guy on your roster. Yeah, absolutely. So. Absolutely. So then the seventh seed is the Timberwolves. I think they'll probably stick around there. The Clippers may catch them and be the seventh seed um, because Clippers are eighth and they're only a game and a half back. Mm. Um, But I don't think that – I think the Clippers will be in the play-in. I think the Timberwolves will be in the play-in. And the Lakers, who are the ninth seed, are probably going to be in the (laughs) play-in. They are just a dumpster fire right now. Um, and then New Orleans looks like they might, they might be able to get in the play in with their because CJ McCollum is with them now, and mm-hmm. uh, he's just been killing since he he joined the Pelicans. So they're in the tenth spot. So right now the play in game would be Minnesota versus the Clippers, and then the Lakers versus the Pelicans. Interesting. Um, and my guess is, my guess if. If that's how it played out, my guess would be the Lakers would be the eighth seed because I think they would beat the Pelicans, they'd beat the Timberwolves, and the Clippers would end up being the seventh seed. So that's where it gets interesting because if Golden State is number two and the Clippers end up being the seventh seed and Kawhi and Paul George come back, that is not a first-round matchup I would want if I got the two seed. Now, I have seen Paul George doing work, so I, I could see him coming back. But Kawhi, I, this is news to me, that he's coming back. I mean, I've, he Well, hasn't... it's uncertain, I think, for both of them. I haven't heard definitively that either of them will be back in time. So, yeah, it's, I think it's really uncertain. Um, okay. And, again, that's one of those X factors, right? So, like, the biggest X factors heading into the playoffs are – are Kawhi and PG back for the Clippers? Are um, Jamal and Michael Porter Jr. back for the Nuggets? Uh, Chris Paul, is his hand healthy? For the Warriors, is Draymond healthy? Um, for the Lakers, do they finally have the guts to bench Russ and tell him you're not going to play? <laughs> uh, and they I need- did see they picked up uh, DJ Augustine. Yeah, uh, that's, so that's probably not I mean, a great sign for Russ. That's what I'm saying. They just picked up a point guard, so that's uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but I mean, the Lakers' biggest X factor is AD. I mean, one is is AD healthy. Two, what version of AD are you getting? Because there's a version of AD that looks just completely unstoppable, and then there's a version of AD that's like disengaged, shooting 17 foot jumpers that may or may not go in yeah i wouldn't be worried about that so much as will they 
will he stay healthy? I mean, who knows yeah. if he's the in round one, he just gets injured again or round two or, you know, whatnot. Yeah. And that's kind of the same with um, Chris Paul. Like, if do you think, because he has a history of getting injured in the playoffs. Yeah. And he now does. he has this broken hand. Do you think without Chris Paul, the Suns could go to the finals again? Or do you think that's sort of essential? They need Chris Paul. Yeah, they, I think they happening. I think they have to have Chris Paul to go to the finals. It's not happening if he's not out there. Yeah, because um, I just – I'm pretty skeptical that he'll make it through the playoffs. Yeah. But right now, yeah. I mean, my my prediction would be that Phoenix will end up playing the Lakers in round one, mm-hmm. and they handled them last year, and I think they could handle them again this year if Chris Paul is healthy. I think the Grizzlies might get that two spot and they may end up being the ones who play the Clippers. And I think the Warriors will play the Nuggets. Is this Grizzlies team sort of feeling like that OKC OKC team that went to the finals and lost? Like maybe this is their year to be that. I I can't see them winning, but maybe they they clean the board on the West side. I don't think they'll go to the finals. That would be, that would be, I would be surprised if they did, but that, well, let me take that back. If, if these injuries are like, none of these guys really come back. So let's say Chris Paul doesn't come back. Let's say the nuggets can't ever really pull it together. The Clippers don't get Kawhi and Paul George. Uh, the Lakers, uh, I highly doubt they're going to be able to pull it together, but I could be wrong. Um, and the Golden, Draymond State, Warriors, Golden really... State Warriors don't get Draymond. I think there is mm-hmm. a scenario where the Grizzlies could make it out of the West. But if those other teams are at full strength, I just don't – I don't think the Grizzlies have the same top-end talent that the, those original OKC teams had. I mean, Ja is unbelievable. Um you know, so he would be, maybe be like the the Russell Westbrook comp for the for the uh, that OKC team that you're talking about, and then from there, those OKC teams were just really long, athletic, you know, and just could just super versatile, which the Grizzlies are, but they don't have like a KD on the team or even what James Harden was. You know what I mean? Like KD was like a new version of Dirk Nowitzki. James Harden was like a new version of Mono Ginobili. I mean, Desmond Bain is an amazing shooter and they've got great defensive guys and great guys who are like, can fill in the dunker spot and catch lobs and they play tough defense, but I just don't, I don't think they have that same top end talent that those OKC teams did. Yeah. Um, Do you think the Suns could still beat them without Chris Paul in the series? Maybe. I think because they have that experience, that it, that mm-hmm. that's going to help them. I mean, when you've gone that far in the playoffs and you played those high level of games, I think it's just such a big advantage. Um, not because I have any knowledge of what that's like, but you can tell even just as a fan that the pressure is turned up, the intensity is turned up, and it seems like some guys really just thrive in that. And some guys like, it's just like, Oh man, getting to my spots like I normally do is way harder. And, you know, 
I just would trust the team who's done it before more than the new team, but you never yeah. know. I mean, there's always, there's always that breakthrough that has to happen. So. So ultimately you think what Suns come out of the West, they have the best chance rematch of last finals. Uh, I think, no, I think the Warriors have the best chance if Draymond's back. If Draymond's healthy and Clay mm. and Steph are healthy, I think the Warriors have the best chance. Um, I would put the Suns, you know, probably second best chance. But, um, yeah, I, I think the Warriors at full strength are going to be the, the team to beat. Now, are they supposed to have Wiseman back as well or no? Yeah, he's supposed to come back sometime this March. They're talking about sending him to a G League game, I think, in a week or two. And, Interesting. Uh, yeah, who knows? I don't know. if, But I think even without him, if you have healthy Iguodala, Draymond, Clay, Steph, and if Wiggins can play like he's been playing, you know, GP2, Jordan Poole, and then I would say, um, uh, what's his name? Wilt Chamberlain lookalike. Otto Porter Jr. <laughs> Otto Porter Jr., a.k.a. might be Wilt Chamberlain's son. We're not sure. Yeah, he's been really good for them this year. Uh, I think that, I mean, and even maybe Kaminga. I mean, Kaminga may get some run in the playoffs depending on. Yeah, I do think he'll get minutes. He, I yeah. think he's shown enough that. And, I mean, and, how, you can't you can't just have Looney out there the whole game. Yeah, and why well, wouldn't and, you give? Yeah, Kaminga and Kevon some Looney run? is solid too, though. I mean, he's played in a lot of big games. Yeah, no, um, I'm not. I mean, he's definitely will be in the playoffs. I'm just saying, I he's I have you ever seen Looney play a you know 38, 35 minute game? Yeah, no, they they it's just not gonna happen. Yeah, so. you need to Kamingo will get some run. You need to put uh, Looney on a just a a steady diet of Looney, not too much. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, my prediction would be, it, Golden State at full strength will come out of the West. Phoenix Suns, if they're healthy, I think, and if Golden State isn't, they don't pull it together and they're not healthy, I think Phoenix will, will come out of the West. The matchup I would love to see, well, a couple of matchups. If the Grizzlies do end up getting the second seed, I would love to see the Lakers and Clippers play in the play-in game, first of all, seven and eight seed. And then assuming that the Lakers could beat the Clippers, which would, would be funny if that happened, uh, <laughs> then to see the Grizzlies versus the Lakers in a series. That's what I'd really love to see in the first round because the Grizzlies and the Lakers have a little uh, – they, they've created a little bit of rivalry this past year when the, the Grizzlies blew them off the floor and Desmond Bain was trash-talking trash LeBron and LeBron got really mad and – uh what was he yeah. saying i didn't hear about this oh was this in I, I la mean, yeah it was in la apparently what desmond bain said was like i think desmond bain was maybe on a fast break and scored the basket and lebron tried to do one of those chase down blocks and desmond bain said something about uh nobody's afraid of those footsteps and uh and then lebron I think they were at the free throw line or something. And, you know, all the Grizzlies were talking to LeBron and LeBron 
started talking about how, you know, they're not going to disrespect him. They need to calm down with the trash talk. They need to blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, they're getting beat by like 20 in LA. And um, so, yeah, I think, I think old Brownie bronze feelings got hurt a little bit. Do they play again before the season's over? Uh, they might. Let's check the schedule here. I'm sure this they might, do because it's West. This has to be must see TV. I didn't. I didn't oh, know that yeah. they had created a rivalry. Between yeah, them. they got. They got a little. Uh, let's see, Laker. I don't think they do. I think they're done. Oh, they're okay. Done playing so each other. It. Yeah. Yeah. Now Golden State plays. Uh, Golden State plays the Grizzlies near the end of the season. Uh, March oh, 28th. interesting. So that so, could be the game yeah, that, for the seeding. Yeah, that could be a swing game. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, anyways, any other uh, playoff predictions or X factors you have looking here toward the last twenty games of the season? Well, since we're on the Memphis um, topic right now. Do you think John Morant has a legitimate MVP case this year? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I haven't looked at his numbers for the full year, but, I mean, if they end up getting the two seed and assuming his numbers are up there with all the other guys, then I'd say yeah. It just seems like I only hear people raving about him. And like you said, the Grizzlies are a, a top seed right now. Yeah. So, and yeah. he's basically their star. Yeah, I mean, if they get the if they get the two seed, um, I could definitely see that that being. And this is what only his third year in this league, something like that, third or fourth. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Do you know who is considered the number one in in the uh, MVP race right now? Yeah. Or is um, it not really clear? No, some of the top guys would be, I mean, Joel Embiid has a case. Giannis has a case. Uh, Jokic has a case. Ooh, um, I don't like that pick. Jokic, well, I, really? They're yeah, just not I, good. I, their, their record's not good enough. Yeah, I don't think their record will be good enough. But Jokic's numbers are just unbelievable. I think out of all the MVP cases, I think he has like, numerically or like statistically one of the best uh best cases for getting it but i don't think they're a high enough seed he'd have to like propel the nuggets to the third seed or something to do that i don't think yeah that's happen. I, I don't know i don't i know it sometimes it's kind of gotten into this but i don't like that idea of just the best stats guy wins it's like you yeah. should be the best player on the best team yeah because well, he, he is the best we, player, but their team is. not Yeah, best. I get that. But if you're not even in the top four. Yeah. I just don't like rewarding people for not. I mean, you should be at least, I don't know. Yeah. At least DeRozan, a top three seed. DeRozan actually has a strong case. So some of it in the East could come down to where do Chicago, Philly and Milwaukee end up, you know, because all yeah. all three of those teams, any of them could end up the number one seed. And so some of it could come down to like whoever got that one seed and, you know, what are their stats? How valuable were they for their team? That sort of thing. 
Wow. My my prediction would be it'll be someone from the east, but mm-hmm. who knows? I like the idea that in the three point era, the mid range jumper guy gets the yeah. MVP. <laughs> yeah, well, you know that's it's interesting because I feel like the league really zagged this year. You know, when everybody was going <laughs> for the, uh, everyone kind of thought it, basketball was moving towards what the Houston Rockets were like a couple years ago, which like just mm-hmm. shoot fifty threes and drive and kick, try to get to the foul line, all that kind of stuff. But like the bulls play a different style. I mean, the bucks kind of have their own unique style, obviously with Giannis. Um, And then John Morant, I mean, he, his style is like, let me try to dunk on anyone I can. Yeah. He's not a, he's not really a shooter, huh? Definitely not from three point range. Yeah. Not. Yeah. And they have shooters, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's definitely like, so you got him and DeRozan just, all inside yeah. the arc. Yeah, DeRozan's possible that MVP winners. <laughs> yeah, DeRozan's that throwback. I mean, he's kind of the Jordan Kobe, like he's of that lineage. Of, yeah. Let me just be right next to the three-point line fadeaway on you. Yeah. Well, in all the like the footwork, I mean, he has really impressive footwork, just his pivots and his, you know, just his just spinning from left to right or right to left fade away jumpers. I mean, it's just impossible to guard those shots. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think he's at over 50% on his mid range, which is wow. crazy, you know? Yeah. So, all right. Are you ready for me to explain how to fix the NBA? Yes. Let's hear it. Okay. So I got into a little text thread discussion with a, a few other casual NBA fans and uh, we we're just talking about it was during All Star break, you know, and that's when Adam Silver usually gives some kind of State of the Union <laughs> talks about the NBA and that sort of thing. And so we were assessing the Adam Silver era versus the you know David Stern era and all this kind of stuff. And so I just laid out, you know, kind of my big picture. What would I do to fix the NBA? Mm-hmm. And I actually think Adam Silver may agree with some of these things i just don't know that he can do it because of the owners um but but here's and and this isn't unique to me i mean other people have said similar things um but the reason why i bring it up is because i think they this text thread that i was on those guys seem to think it seemed to really resonate with them they're like totally definitely those are the fixes uh so i figured i'd share it with our casuals here our normies um all right, so number one, here's what we need, Drew. You we have hyped to... us up so much. It better not be just like a jersey thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's not. not. It's okay. Not okay, you ready? Number Go. one, shorten the season. Oh, and I'm many, all for that. Yes. Many people have written about this. I personally like the – I think it's a 58-game season, which is you play every team twice uh 29 teams you play every team twice i think that's 58 games total to me that makes a lot of sense but i i really could care less about the number i think the the main one of the main problems in the nba is there is way too much meaningless basketball and it's unnecessary wear and tear on the guys and it diminishes your product so you Mm -hmm. need to shorten the season for a wide variety of reasons 
But here's the other reason why you need to shorten the season. You need to create a cadence of predictability for watching the NBA. So whatever that is, whatever their pattern is for watching games, whether it's like, hey, Tuesday night matchup, and then we have Friday, Saturday night games, or whatever those, whatever those weekly matchups is, are, that's what you need to, to create so that there's predictability like the NFL. Like the NFL, you know, hey, Sunday is when we watch football. Or, yeah, maybe there's a Monday night game or there's a Thursday night game, but those are kind of the special or the premier game. There's no other game on except that game. So they need to create some sort of a predictable schedule where it's like, oh, this is when we tune in to the NBA. And that goes hand in hand with the shortened season, right? You can do that with a shortened season. Those games mean more. Players are more well-rested. So that goes into my other thing. Players, part of the reason uh, the games not only are more meaningless, but they're less entertaining is because players aren't rested enough to go 100%, 100%. So you need to create the format in a way where players have enough rest in between games where the next game means more and they can go 100% in the game. You'll get higher quality you know, basketball from that. Um, and you'll have less injuries. So you are able to capitalize on the talent for longer and not diminish your talent. All right. So we get on that. So that's kind of the, that's kind of just the season aspect. Now I'm going to give you the, uh, the playoff aspect. I like the play in tournament. I think it's a step in the right direction, but I don't think it's enough for what they need to do. I think they need to restructure the playoffs to be, and, and there was actually a great article right before the bubble written about this. I really liked one of the, the concepts here. But again, I think they need to take a page out of the Premier League, do group stage for the first or second round. You remember what group stage is? You have like five teams. They all play each other. And you have like a scoring system for how many points you get based on those. And then I think it's two teams advance. Yeah, so, two out of the group, yeah. Yeah, so you could do this for either the round one, round two of the playoffs where you basically have a group stage. And the way that you you stagger that is you do a 16-team bracket and you divide them all up um, based on, you know, kind of where they fall uh, within so the 16 So everyone teams. would be in the playoffs? Is that in this scenario? All the teams would be in the playoffs? No, 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 no. You would still have uh, 16 teams get in the playoffs and then do the group stage. Or in this case, I think. So you're saying it wouldn't be conference based. The group, the. No. Yeah. 16 team. Yeah. That's, that's, that's my bigger picture is that you need to just get rid of the conferences. The tournament needs to be a tournament where you just throw in all 16 teams um, and if you did 16 or no, it would actually, all just be based actually, on regular season. Yeah, record. yeah. I think it was, I think the way that this was written up when I read about it in the bubble, it was actually 20 teams. So you do four group stages, five teams each. Is that right? So five, yeah. Four group stages, yeah. five teams each. Yeah. And that would be a modification of what they have right now, which is the, the top 10 teams technically make it, you know, the, the 
Yeah, uh, seven the, through the new play-in. Yeah, yeah, seven through ten are the play-in teams, but basically you would eliminate that play-in. Well, you could still even do a play-in to be one of the top, one of those top teams if you wanted to. But basically, you do group stage, five teams, four, uh, five teams per stage, four or for the groups, and then four groups, and you use that as your round one, round two potentially. And then from there, you seed it as a bracket and you go through. Um, I wouldn't do single game elimination. I mean, that's like what that would be the comp for like the Premier League or World Cup or something like that. But I would shorten the series after that. So um, so if it's the group stage and you say the top two teams advance, um, it would then be uh, an eight seed an eight team bracket basically. Uh And then they would play series. um, And you could either do like a, okay, the first series is going to be three games. The next series is five games. And the last series is, uh, you know, a seven Seven. series or something like that. So I would, I would stagger it up where the, the it's shortened until you get, you know, more to the pinnacle. Versus right now where it's just like all seven game series. Um, so now, that would, what do you think the, is it because right now having seven game series, no, but the first round is just too long. Yeah. It goes there, back there's to not enough entry. It goes back to meaningless basketball. You need yeah. there to be bigger variants. The group yeah. stage offers bigger variants, but also with the safety of, okay, one bad game doesn't ruin your – it's not like March Madness where, yeah, maybe the Suns get upset by the um, Pelicans in the group stage match, but they can then string together four other wins and they're coming out of the group stage. You know what I mean? So it's not dependent upon one game, um, but you still have that variance of like, oh, no, what if the Pelicans upset the Suns? It's just one game. Anyone can win. Yeah. Um, and a team could just get hot at the right time. Yeah, exactly. So I, the high variance is intriguing. The uncertainty of matchups is way more intriguing. You know, like having 20 teams that you don't know how they're going to get, you know, positioned because we know it's all about matchups. You know, some teams match up better to other teams. So Uh that creates interesting variants where it's not as locked in because GMs will build their teams like in the East. A GM is saying, how do we beat the Bucs? That's who we need to figure out how to beat. So they're engineering their team to beat the Bucs. They don't have to worry about all the other teams because guess what? If they get to the finals, that is success. You gave your team a chance. But when you have to worry about the 20 different styles that different teams play, it creates more variance there too, where you, you have to either be more versatile or be more committed to your particular style and say, this is people aren't going to be able to match this. Mm -hmm. Um, So I like that aspect of it. And then here, let me throw the, the uh, craziest thing that I would throw into these. And maybe it's not so crazy because they've already implemented it in the all-star game, but I would consider throwing the Elam ending into at minimum these group stage games. 
Are you familiar hmm. with the Elam ending? Yeah, yeah, where you have to reach a point total in the fourth yeah. quarter. Yeah. Um, that would generate more interest, I think, uh, for those games because the game always ends on a game-winning shot. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's tension in the game until somebody hits that shot that ends the game. Yeah, it, it does make it very exciting. I just think that might be a step too far. Well, I do like it in the me, all-star game, but you're almost engine. I don't know. You're well, engineering. Well, um, what if I soft sell it to you? What if it's just for the group stage? And then once you get out of the group stage. Like for every single game? Every game of the group stage. In the group stage? And then once you get out of the group stage, then it goes back to basketball as we previously have known it, except shorter series. First series is a three-game series. Next series is a five-game series. Final series is a seven-game yeah, series. Because I guess what I think is when you add the Elam ending, it's like if a team is blowing out another team, they should be rewarded for blowing them out the first three quarters. Yeah, but with the way that Elam... Oh, now the, you know, we're destroying this team and now this team may have a chance in the fourth quarter. Yeah, but with the Elam ending, you still... uh, You still start with that that amount of a head start. So if you're winning by 30... That's true. If you're winning by 30, the... um, I mean, if I understand, if I remember correctly, basically... You have to... Like if they, added, let's, they added let's, 24 points to the leading scored team, yeah, that's the goal. Yeah. yeah. So let's say so if it's 100 to 80, whoever gets to 124 first wins the game. Exactly. So the other team would have to score, mm-hmm. you know, 44 points. Yeah. Which the other night the Dallas Mavericks looked like they could have done that to the Golden <laughs> State Warriors. <laughs> I think they almost did do that. I think it was like 36 to eight in the fourth quarter. But Jeez, anyways, I think to me, that's exciting. And especially for those, it's just a one and done game, like that group stage round. I think that would be awesome. Yeah. So, may, but here, okay, here's the, here's the, the other stage, thing, but here's the other thing. Let's throw this wrinkle in. So I, and I don't know how you would weight the scoring on this, but if you did the Elam ending, what if there's a weighted like, mar, like points for not only winning, but how much you won by. In the group stage? Yeah. So, like, if you if you won only by, you know, two points, it was a really close game. Maybe that, that doesn't weight – it's a victory, so you get points, but maybe it doesn't weight as much as if you, like, blew a team out by 20 or 30 points. Yeah. I don't know. We'd have to have somebody do the math on that. And if that's actually fair, I don't know. Some, some of it, I do think tradition is a good thing. Maybe just the, I like your idea of the group stage, but I don't know about the Elam ending for the group stage. I, I can't even explain why. I just think. Yes. Well, you, like you said, you're manufacturing game winners. Which is exciting, but 
I don't know. I don't know. I can't even articulate why I don't really like the Elam ending. I do really like the idea of group stage, though. That would be – I mean, nobody even watches the first round as is in yeah. the NBA. And how, but how exciting is it when it's like, hey, you have to win this game to get the points to get out of this round, to get out of the round. Yeah, I like that idea. Yeah. Um, I also like the idea that it's non conference so that you're seeing new matchups all the time. Yeah. Versus, you know, you kind of see usually around six teams on each conference are always going to be in the playoffs year after year after year you see them play over and over um i like the idea that it's really mixed up um and definitely like the idea of a shorter season i mean there's so many games that you people don't there's like people don't watch games because there's too many yeah and they don't and like you said when it's become the norm that players sit out uh, for rest like you don't want that for your sports league that's a that's just a terrible concept that yeah hey we're gonna pay you 30 million dollars and you're probably gonna rest 10 games out of the season and that's just accepted that's the norm yeah that is not good for uh i mean think about that in a, when you compare it to the nfl and those guys are so hungry every single week because this is the only game they get that week yeah <clears throat> Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. It's just, I think the challenge, the big, and I honestly, I bet if we got an exclusive interview with Adam Silver, which we're still working on, he, his people haven't got back to our people yet, but um, I bet he would actually want to move this direction as well. Cause I know he's a big fan of the, like the premier league and, you know, uh, European football aka soccer in the u.s um but i think it's an owner's issue like how do you get the owners to give up um 24 games yeah each it's interesting because i see i see what you mean like the owners want the money so they don't yeah they don't want to do any of this kind of stuff yeah but at the same time it's like you are paying your players just ridiculous amounts of money guys are getting what more money than they deserve now well i think you know what i mean because they're just trying to keep up with the market of well if we don't give this guy this guy's really worth 16 but if we don't give him 20 another team will so we have to do it the bigger issue is in the world of streaming your own content having meaningless basketball it isn't going to help like help you you have that's to that's a good yeah no that's you, a good point too because now it's well i'll just watch the highlights on youtube the next day and that's yeah, more i'm guessing that's how uh, the majority of people are digesting the nba because or twitter it's just too much people are just watching like people <clears throat> post the highlights and reactions on twitter mm-hmm. you know it's like you know that it's going to be there you know it's just a little bit of a delay um but the other, I mean, the big, the big issue is like, you know, we're talking about this being like, just, just to make basketball better, but their view, their um, ratings, the number of people who are watching it just continue to go down and down and down. Now, I don't think it's going to impact their TV rights deal. They're still going to get huge uh, TV rights, but mm-hmm. um, the NFL 
it's it's still either holding you know true to what it's at or going up but the nba has just steadily been going down i mean the highest viewed nba game i wouldn't even say steadily they've really been plummeting (laughs) yeah well the highest viewed nba game ever was um i think game six of the 1998 finals where jordan hit that walk-off game winner and uh they've never touched that since you know yeah and that seems like the sort of things you should be presenting to the owners like yeah look this what we are doing is clearly not working yeah so i'm with you there i don't the money i guess i'm you know i'm not an owner obviously so i don't understand all the money but yeah it seems the cap goes up these guys get paid more but the ratings are dropping and they you know there's got to be some other way to work the money where this makes sense yeah I guess, do you think also if you have more meaningful basketball, like you said, it's fewer games, maybe they can charge more on the advertising side or, you know, things like that because now these games are more significant? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think there's there's ways to, if if all of a sudden you gain a lot more viewers, I think you'll be able to make up the money some other way. Or, yeah, I mean, I, that makes sense, too, yeah. Because then you are definitely charging more for advertising. Yeah, hey, advertising. Look at, the number, look at the numbers we're doing. Advertising, your TV deals, streaming exclusive rights. You know, I mean, could you sign a big exclusive deal with Amazon, who has plenty of money to mm-hmm. basically say, hey, Amazon wants exclusive streaming rights of the NBA? You know? Yeah, and make um, it up that way. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, because clearly your main point is that the product they're putting out is. It's not as good as it could be. It's losing interest. Yeah. 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 It's losing interest. It's not as good as it could be in a world where there's a, there's a ton of entertainment options and you are putting out a ton of meaningless basketball. And you're also causing your stars to keep getting injured. Exactly. It's just like why there it doesn't make sense the way yeah. that it that it's happening so anyways i think with that we can wrap up the existential crisis for <laughs> uh the nba i'm sure the nba will be fine um they'll figure it out but hey just one casual viewers recommendation suggestion to adam silver adam if your people ever want to get back to us and chat with us some more about this you know, you let us know. We're, we're happy to consult. You just DM lowering the rim. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So. All right. So that was Ian with his ELM ending for the podcast. This is Drew signing out for lowering the rim. Thank you for listening to another episode of Lowering the Rim. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Lowering the Rim. And feel free to email us your fan questions, loweringtherim at gmail.com. We'll see you next time.